This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. This is the Hot Take Podcast after one of the maddest games you could imagine. Highest aggregate goals in a Wrexham game since 1934. Wrexham 7, Barnet 5, yeah, really. Wrexham made two changes in midfield and they were fundamental, I think. Jordan Davis didn't get over the knock he picked up at Notts County. Elliot Lee came in his place and Wrexham decided to reshuffle midfield, play with a double pivot, Young and Tom O'Connor coming in for James Jones and then Lee playing off the strikers. And look at the result. We were good going forwards, but we did not look comfortable with it defensively. It looked like a system we weren't certain of. Throw in the fact that Barnes played quite a sort of funky random formation and were players popping up we wouldn't expect and spaces of peers where the Wrexham defence didn't deal with them and yeah we had a, quite an interesting afternoon there were spells when we looked scintillating there were spells when we looked <coughs> darn awful so yeah Wrexham disjointed to start off with but then got the early goal eighth minute corner half cleared Clueth nodded it back in Hayden did really well to tame the ball and stick it past the keeper great stuff and Barnett, to be honest, for the first 20 odd minutes, looked pretty much at sea. But they started to settle back into things and they came forwards and they were threatening going in attack. 28th minute, they got the equaliser, Kabamba, with an excellent finish after a poor header by Hayden. And three minutes later, they were ahead. Gorman sweeping in a corner from the left, Pritchard with a good near post flick header. And Wrexham maybe didn't deal with that set piece well, were behind. Crucially, when we started to concede goals, we tended to hit back quickly. And within two minutes, we, or four minutes rather, we'd equalised. Tom O'Connor hitting his first goal for Wrexham, a free kick which took a massive deflection. And that sparked off a remarkable smell by Wrexham. Three, uh, uh, oh, but, oh no, that was in the second half. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was doing so well remembering what yeah, the hell yeah, happened. Done. But yeah, Wrexham then took the lead two minutes later. Paul Mullin finishing well after a nice piece of setup play by Elliot Lee. So 3 2 at half time, and I think that the prevailing feeling was panic over. No, because six minutes into the second half, when Wrexham again started rather slowly, and Carnew scored a goal to pull it back 2 3 all. Wrexham then did go off on that fantastic response. Firstly, like I said, we came back quickly. Great ball over the top two minutes later by McFadgen. Mullen brought down in the box by Phillips. Excellent work by Mullen to get there ahead of him and draw the foul. And Mullen smashed in the penalty. And now this is that goal-scoring spell I talked about. Three goals in five minutes or four goals in 11 minutes. As it seems, the game was decisively over. Young... Uh, scored in the 55th with an absolutely fabulous strike his first goal in well over a year and a beauty then three minutes later Hayden typically rising to head a young corner in and when Palmer completed the scoring for Wrexham with the seventh goal in only the 64th minute an absolutely ludicrous assist by Lee how he picks Palmer I don't know and Palmer dinked it over the keeper well people in front of us were singing we want 10 and that felt like the way it was going Barnett looks down and out but fair play to them <laughs> like I said before the match they're fourth worst defence in the division before the game but sixth best attack and they came back at us gamely Cabamba scored a nice little near post finish to make it 7-4 and then with six minutes left Carnu cut inside and scored an absolute screamer into the top right corner to make it 7-5 Howard had to make an excellent save to deny Cabamba late on as tipping the ball over the bar if that had gone in we would really have started panicking although to be fair Wrexham could easily have got to double figures Barnett's goalkeeper Walker made a couple of ludicrously good saves to deny Wrexham himself 
so it ended 7-5 Neil and we, we we just don't know what to think do we no <laughs> we to be honest I, I, I feel a bit flat I mean we've won the mm. game 7-5 and we should be elated with second still in the league only a point behind um, not County but uh, the performance on the pitch at times was sublime as you said Mark you know some of the passing was slick Lee Lee is a great footballer um, but defensively as you stated you know we looked a bit lacklustre in places we didn't close them down quick enough um, and maybe that was because we didn't have the men back there to close them down we gave them too much space in the you know last series of the pitch um, which gave them the time to cross the ball in and, and find their, their players and yeah, they made a really good game of it. I think maybe Wrexham might have took the foot up the gas when they went 7-3 up and I thought they maybe thought we'd game over. Um, we did bring on some subs, um, but that didn't really make a huge difference mm. to the game at all. We maybe looked a bit more solid in defence, but as you said, you know, Howard made you know, one fantastic save, but their keeper made a couple of good saves yeah, as well. Yeah. He, he tipped a couple, a couple which he, should, he had no right to save, and, and it, could have been, it could have been double figures, and it would have been nice to be double figures, but... Uh, as I said to you earlier, it doesn't feel like the Dover game where we won 6-5, mm. but that was coming back from 5-3 uh, you know, down to win it in the last kick of the game. This, we all should be yeah, bouncing, but even the crowd in here at 7-5 was still feeling very mm. flat. You know, there was very little atmosphere going on on the ground, but uh, a win's a win. Yeah. You know, we're still scoring <laughs> plenty of goals, which we can't complain about, yeah. which, which now puts us on 27 goals home in what? Five, six, six yeah, games. We're on four and a half a game now yeah, at home. That's crazy, isn't it? You know, I yeah. don't think Man City are even that good. No, no. I think they're on four a game. Ha, so um, losers. <laughs> so yeah, an entertaining game to watch. But yeah. as I said to you earlier, I didn't see a lot of it because of the PA data that I do for, <laughs> for the TV channels and everything. But yeah, we go again on next Saturday in the yeah, FA Cup, yeah. and then we're away at Bournemouth Woods, which again that will be a tough test for us because they're playing well again. But Bournemouth would be seen to be able to beat that one, I don't know why. Well, that's what we keep that up, eh? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, certainly uh, there were a lot of good attacking performances, obviously, when you yeah. scored seven goals. Uh, but th that, that conundrum of how you accommodate Lee, though, ironically, is more headache. tricky now. Headache, because, yeah, I mean, I did feel, and I, I, like I said in the commentary, I think Parkinson is a very good coach on the training ground, and yeah. you can see that. But it just felt a bit like we were so grooved in that four, that five-three-two, which we played all our season and all less. That switching to the double pivot with a man higher at the pitch, it, it just it just looked really alien. Spaces appeared in the the half spaces outside the centre backs, which were, were a real problem. We just looked like we weren't used to playing that shape and, and didn't know what to do when when Barnett came forward. Maybe, sometimes. You know, take time for us to get used to that formation, maybe. Or, yeah. As we said, you know off air that you know soon Jordan Davis is fit again maybe even back yeah. in we just usually as a as a sub like we have been doing the rest of the season mm -hmm. but you know the stat is normally if uh, Lee's not started we haven't won a game or haven't won a game and when he comes on as a sub we normally win the games um, but you know he started today and we've won 7-5 albeit you know uh, I don't know where do we go Mark what, what, what would you do as a manager now if Jordan Davis is, is back fit I would revert to what we've been doing this season if I'm honest although I, I appreciate I mean Lee did show today just what amazing quality he has mm -hmm. but what if Jordan Davis is injured long term or yeah. you know, suspended we've, we've got yeah. to prepare for that scenario you know and 
maybe today's game was a trial. I don't know. We thought, oh, it's only Barnet, you know, we'll give it a trial. Oh, I don't, I don't think we'll see it that way. So? No, no. I, I, no, I think it is that if Lee is going to start and he gets the best out of him, he needs to find a shape that accommodates him getting close to the strikers, I think. Because he came on more as a straight swap for Davis on Tuesday, and that, no, I'm not saying it didn't work, but, it, you know, I mean, he was more effective today, wasn't so he? Would it be more effective if we played like, uh, you know, three, but five with two wing backs? Mm. Three, three. That's 12 players. I know. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so it would probably be effective, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry. but I don't think we'd get away with it. <laughs> yeah, because he's got to be in the midfield. I mean, I think we've yeah. been in the centre of uh, attack, you know, but that's what we were trying to do today, was having made an additional attacker, mm. wasn't it? It's a lovely problem, isn't it, though? That it, we've it got is. lots of good players yeah. that we want to put in the first and, team. And Con- O'Connor had a good game today, and it was good for him to, although we've a deflected goal, mm. you know, from the, when he hit that free kick. You know, it was a goal, yeah. and he, he had a pretty decent game. I think we all had a pretty decent game. The only one, as you said, was Hayden, maybe wasn't on top of his form today. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know he'd be very hard on himself. But, but they were able to get him behind Clueth quite easily, but yeah. then to be fair, you know, we do play our wing backs out the pitch and our midfield wasn't covering as normal because yeah. they had different roles. I thought O'Connor had an up and down game. I thought he, he I really rate O'Connor and I think that he needs continuity on the pitch so he can show what he can do. Mm-hmm. There were moments in the game where what he did was excellent but there were also moments in the game where he made surprising mistakes I thought so I thought O'Connor was you know a, 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 a game of extremes for that, me that comes with match practice from the yeah exactly the yeah. All the time on the pitch. he needs continuity doesn't yeah. it yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. right yeah. yeah and it could be that it works to have Lee in the team where O'Connor is given a more defensive role because he can definitely sit in front of a defence yeah. and that allows Lee to go you know so maybe we have more of the 4-3-3 but then you're sacrificing Davis or Young, aren't you all, as well as Jones? So it's a, it's a fascinating problem to have. You could play a, you know, sort of three at the back diamonds, but then you have to drop a striker. Yeah. So you're not going to drop Farmer or Mullen. No. Um, so it's a it's a mad scenario to be in, yeah. Yeah, but it's nice to have too many good players to fit in the team, isn't it? That's oh, it is, and we've still got you know players who haven't even yeah. come into the team. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. in, you know, which yeah. is good to have. Um, but yeah, over, overall, good performance, but just, you know, disappointed that we let five in. If it had been 7-0, mm. I think we'd have all gone away from here really, really <laughs> well, the top yeah, of the world, you know. Yeah. But to, I mean, a couple of their goals, their, their corner from the head, the header from the corner, that was just poor marking on our defence. Mm. But that, that screamer from the, the striker, was he a striker? Uh, no, well, that's the thing, isn't it? Defender, wasn't it? Uh, that's the other thing, the Barnet formation I think also presented us of issues because they were so unexpected they, they essentially played that three at the back holding midfielder in front mm-hmm. wing backs and then two midfield well three midfielders and a striker yeah. and yes um, yeah, Carnu the guy who scored the screamer yeah. was ostensibly left wing back but he often would get across the pitch and wasn't like exactly so I think there was also an element of they were able to overload us yeah. and frankly that's also why they're letting seven goals because their shape is sort of quite fluid Overload, and their yeah. players popping up in odd places that we didn't expect mm-hmm. but they also sometimes didn't have players where they should have done yeah. you know I mean Carnu I mean, clearly there was a point in the second half where Ford got a run at Carnu and Carnu fouled him eventually in fact he pulled his shirt so many times and the ref was trying to play advantage while the lines was flagging for the foul and in the end he had to give it because he couldn't defend he was not a wing back he is a striker yeah. who's playing as a left wing back and has been told but drift wherever you want go inside don't bother coming back 
you know, uh, and because of that, their defence is a bit of a mess. Well, but but he pops up and does it, and his goal, brilliant. Yeah, I think it's the best goal we've seen this season, mm, except maybe Lee Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had my head down. I just thought going back in yeah, there, yeah. so I didn't actually see him strike yeah. it. So. Well, I mean, I thought that you know players like him and Kabamba, the striker, mm-hmm. those who the middle who scored two goals, are they, well, they both did, not they? Um, I thought they both, as individual players, looked very good. They did, yeah. Um, did. And so fair enough, you know. Again, if a player's good and does well against you, fair enough. So me, I'm seeing this as a weird sort of blip. But the thing to take from it is that the, the solution of how to accommodate Lee is not yet resolved. No, no, we no, haven't got that answer that is yet. The issue, yeah, yeah, but yeah. but there may be a number of strange circumstances that made this game turn out the way it did as well. Mm-hmm. I think we scored seven goals at home, yeah. the first time since Sandy Morel scored seven on his own against Merthyr Didville. Right, yeah. um, but not in a league game. No, no. And the first last time in the league game was '95 against Rotherham. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It was a good day, but everyone walked away scratching their heads a little did, bit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, the atmosphere was totally taken mm. out, out the ground. I don't know what because of the, yeah. you know what yeah. happened on the pitch, but you know they all should have gone away happy, yeah. which I'm sure they have done. But the atmosphere was very flat. Well, as was pointed out to us on our scratch, <coughs> um, there was a um, a, com- a comparison to be made with the Dover game, which ironically mm. was one of the episodes on Thursday with Welcome to Wrexham. Yeah. Definitely was, and yet in that game. Even when it went wrong and we were five-two down, you didn't get a sense of the fans still felt like they were sticking with the team. Whereas today there was more, much more anxiety because, there as you rightly say, yeah. we weren't <coughs> we weren't chasing the game. We were digging in, and even though it looked like we won it, there was this alarming sense we actually hadn't. Yeah, yeah. So it was. I mean, they just scored the six. You know. Yeah. And it was a good start by Howard, it was a good strike, well, powerful strike, and Howard was strong to get strong wrist to it and push it behind. So, yeah. But we won, so, we won. you know, good days. Well, I'm going to try and do the highlights now, and it could take <laughs> it could take hours, wasn't it wonderful? I, I, I've got no embargo, so I got out as soon as possible, you do. And, and this one could be about 45 minutes long, great. But, um, yeah, it, the highlights will be out as soon as I can. <laughs> And the full-length podcast will be out tomorrow. So, with a final mad score of Wrexham 7, Barnet 5, uh, we've been Mark Griffiths and Neil Williams from Wrexham FC, and I'm off to do the highlights. Goodbye. This is the final whistle podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.